and welcome to the Move With Love podcast. I'm your host, Bree Johnson of Heart and Bones Yoga. This podcast is a love letter to yoga teachers, talking about the parts of teaching yoga that you probably didn't get in your teacher training. Like, what do you do about doubts, fears, and worries about your teaching? I've been teaching yoga and teacher trainings for almost 20 years, and let me tell you, I've been there. And each episode is a love letter to you, inspiring your teaching and getting you more confident in who you are as a teacher so that you can get out there and help more people move with love. If someone asked, who are you as a teacher? How would you answer that question? How many times are we asked to define ourselves through the what? For example, what kind of yoga do you teach? But how often are we asked about the who? Most yoga teacher trainings probably didn't invite you to reflect on these kind of questions. And so then no wonder that so many yoga teachers enter their first years of teaching feeling lost and overwhelmed and full of doubt. It's because they didn't write a roadmap. They didn't have a clear view of who they are as a teacher. And so they didn't have a roadmap and probably will end up trying to follow somebody else's roadmap. You're going to hear me say this a million times. The practice of yoga is about self-awareness. And it's kind of ironic that yoga teacher trainings don't start teaching us how to actually put that practice, practice of self-awareness, into use in a really kind of real life practical way. Now, if you don't know who you are as a teacher, then how do you know what? How do you know how? And how do you know who you want to teach? We'll easily fall into the trap of searching out systems, methods to belong to if we don't know the answers to these questions. If we don't know what I want, me, you, your individual self actually wants to teach, how to teach, who to teach, and why to teach, again, it's really easy to fall into the trap then of falling into some other system, method, or belief, or any sort of style of yoga, and really end up being on an endless quest looking for the right answers and the right way to teach. When, first of all, there's no right way to teach. And the real answers to the uncertainty is the work of knowing who we are. Which, my friends, is a lifetime of unfolding and truly never ends. Now let's look at this way. We all come into this world with specific talents and gifts. Some of those gifts show up in the form of perceived quirks or even eccentricities about us. They're usually aspects of ourself that we've been taught to hide or push down. But the way that I see it, who we are, especially those quirks, are our superpowers. Everything that makes you, you are your gifts, not your curses. They're your gifts. And I know this can take a lifetime of deprogramming, but starting to think about who you actually are and who you are is a gift to others and is a gift to help others It's not egotistical. It's not even that radical. It's how things actually are. Because here's the thing. We live in a messed up world that has taught us the opposite. So for you and for me, I'd love you to explore what were some of those things that people told you that you were too much of as a kid? Because usually those early patterns and those early stories are the very things that are our superpowers. And I'll share you for you with you, for me, what people told me. So one of the things that I was told I was too much of as a kid was one that I talk too much. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, my report cards usually said things like, Brie would do better in class if she stopped talking and socializing. But 
here I am not, well, here I am literally talking to you on a podcast, teaching yoga almost 20 years, literally a job that requires me to talk a lot. And so it worked. If I stop talking, I would really push down my voice. And I don't know, not everybody's going to care about it. But you're listening, maybe you care (laughs) a bit, hopefully. And then another one that I was told I was too much of was being bossy. So that was a big one. And guess what? I was bossy. Absolutely. Except if I reframed that, and when I have reframed that, my bossiness was that I actually knew what I wanted. I knew how I wanted things to be, and I had no problem enlisting others to create that vision with me. (laughs) But as a kid, and especially as a little girl, those qualities weren't okay, and I was called bossy. (sighs) But looking back and seeing the way that my life has unfolded, I see that actually too bossy is the very part of my personality that helped me thrive as an entrepreneur and running a successful business. Being too bossy, whatever that actually means, which is leadership and vision and knowing what I want and getting it done has truly been a huge advantage in my life for me when I've learned to own it. And that's the biggest part because I share this because it's really easy to believe what other people tell you how you are. So if I had deeply internalized being bossy as a bad thing, then it absolutely would have kept me playing small. And guess what? It did for a time. And really, if I really truly believed it, and when it did, and when I believed that at that time when I was younger, in my kind of teens and early 20s a bit, yeah, I didn't always trust my own vision. But it wasn't until I went back and unpacked some of these threads of self-identity and realized actually bossy is not a bad thing and screw you culture that tells little girls especially that they can't have leadership qualities okay so and I could go on and on about that but the point here is for you now what are those things so as you've been listening to some of my stories what were some of those things for you as a kid that people told you you were too much of for some of you it might be that you were told that you're too quiet or too shy But except, reframed, shy and quiet are actually beautiful qualities. Shy and quiet means you're an observer. You're a good listener. And as a yoga teacher, observers and listeners are actually amazing teachers. They hold such beautiful, calm, quiet spaces and classes. It's not a bad thing. My goodness, if we lived in a world where everybody was an extrovert, (laughs) we need that balance. So own if you're quiet or if you're or if you were somebody who talked too much. That's amazing. You have the powers of communication. (laughs) So let's go again. Keep thinking about this. Keep reflecting on this. Who are you as a teacher? What are some of your superpowers? And what, and out of that, out of those very beautiful, wonderful things that are inherent in who you are, that if we, in fact, if we tried to change them, we wouldn't be ourselves and we probably wouldn't be happy and we wouldn't be living a fulfilling life. But saying yes to all of these idiosyncrasies, these quirks, these normal parts of who we are, then we become a little bit more clear and confident. And then that absolutely translates into who you are as a teacher. So keep asking yourself that. Who are you as a teacher? What do you have to offer? 
Do you have a gift of poetic language that drops your students more deeply into the moment? Or are you, you know, do you like guide the most amazing shavasanas like no other? Great. Own that. So your homework right now is to write this all down. For me, I like to think about what I'm good at offering people and then narrowing after doing that work, writing down all my perceived, the things that maybe weren't strengths, but actually if you reframe them are absolutely strengths. Once you have that all written down in front of you, then I like to think about what I'm good at in terms of offering people and narrowing it down into maybe one or two sentences, sort of like a guiding principle. So for me, my superpowers as a teacher and the two words that I use as my guiding principle, what I want to truly, if I had to distill it down to two words, if I had to just say nothing else, but this for me as a teacher, I want to offer people freedom and permission, which means I'm really good at creating environments where people feel at ease and comfortable to be themselves without judgment. And I'm absolutely clear on that intention. It's truly the lens in which I view myself as a teacher. It's why I'm talking to you right now. But when I personally get distracted by comparison, I go back into my intention. So instead of getting carried away at a teacher who teaches in a different way because they're wired differently than me, and I start to compare, and then I watch myself and there's that moment of awareness and I go, oh, oh, I was being in comparison. Then I come back to my intention, my why. Oh yeah, right freedom and permission. I want to be somebody who offers people freedom and permission. And then what's so beautiful about creating these two words or a sentence or a very short paragraph about who you are and what and how and who you want to teach, it shows up in so many different ways. So for me, the freedom and permission shows up in the language I choose to direct my cues, the vibe hopefully I give off as a person, that it's very specific and yet it's very open and that just becomes the foundation of my classes and my teaching. And guess what? If somebody doesn't like that, they come to my class, they come to your class and you're showing up as you and they don't like it, that's okay. It's normal. It's not you. So I don't need to change who I am to please everybody. You don't need to change who you are to please everybody. And if you're somebody most likely who has grown up in the world that we're in, we've probably had experiences, if not many experiences of changing ourselves to please others. So the work of our yoga is awareness. The work of our yoga teaching is recognizing, owning, loving who you are. Is it easy? Maybe, not always, but is it necessary and worth it? Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope it gave you just what you needed to hear today. And if you want more from me, Bree Johnson, you can find me over at heartandbonesyoga.com with our online yoga studio, Moving with Love in Beautiful, Sustainable Ways, joining our beautiful, big, global community who are all part of it. You can join as a monthly or yearly or six-month member. You can also have fun with me over on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube at Heart and Bones yoga. Lots of great tutorials, silly dances, and a lot of heart as well. So just say hello, leave a comment and do that whole subscribe and follow thing here on the podcast as well. Thank you so much.